This is Space Time Series 25, Episode 48, for broadcast on the 22nd of April, 2022. Coming up on Space Time, NASA's Mars Perseverance rover sets a new record on the Red Planet, more space tourists arrive on board the International Space Station, and flying to the edge of space by balloon. All that and more coming up on Space Time. Welcome to Space Time with Stuart Gary. NASA's Mars Perseverance rovers continue to set new records on the surface of the Red Planet, while automotive engineers are struggling to get autonomously driven cars working safely on Earth, mission managers at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California, are using the self-driving capabilities of the car-sized Perseverance rover to trek across Mars. Mind you, the six-wheeled Perseverance rover doesn't need to contend with busy traffic or kids running out from behind parked cars. But considering where it's driving, it's still pretty cool. NASA's Perseverance rover touched down in Mars's Jezero crater back on February the 18th, 2021. Its primary mission is astrobiology, searching for signs of ancient microbial life to find out if it ever existed on the red planet. Jezero crater was chosen because it contains the remains of an ancient dried-up lake into which a river delta once flowed, bringing with it sediments from further upstream. Perseverance is also characterising the local geology and past climate and collecting mineral rock and regolith samples for eventual return to Earth. Subsequent NASA missions in cooperation with the European Space Agency will send spacecraft to Mars to collect these cached samples and return them to Earth for more in-depth analysis. Perseverance is also the first mission to another world to carry an onboard aircraft, Ingenuity, which has been scouting around ahead of the rover to find the best path to identify interesting geological features. The mission is also testing a range of materials, including those which could be used in the development of future Martian spacesuits, and it's testing new methods of oxygen production on the Red Planet, all part of a program to pave the way for eventual human exploration of Mars, hopefully sometime in the 2030s. Perseverance's self-driving capabilities are proving especially useful. It doesn't just follow a set route but uses artificial intelligence to make decisions about which areas are safe to cross and which might be a bit too dangerous. Perseverance's auto-navigation system known as AutoNav makes three-dimensional maps of the terrain ahead, identifies hazards and plans a route around any obstacles without additional direction from the controllers back on Earth. With the help of special 3D glasses, rover drivers on Earth can also plan routes and specific stops. But increasingly, they're allowing the rover to take the wheel and choose how it gets from point A to point B. Now the rover's show it can drive through more complex terrains, and that's helping Perseverance achieve its science goals while at the same time breaking driving records. The rover's currently traversing an area near its landing site, and it's heading towards the raised sedimentary deposits of the River Delta region. This report from NASA TV. The Perseverance rover is currently driving a three-mile journey to get to the Jezero River Delta. I'm Tyler Del Sesto. I'm a rover driver for NASA's Perseverance rover. We're here at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, where the rover drivers are planning the drive 
we use 3D monitors and 3D glasses to look at the terrain around the rover. And that 3D environment is created from images taken on the previous day on Mars. Over the past year, the rover drivers have taken a very active role in Perseverance's drives. Currently though, we're just trying to drive as far as we can every day. So we're relying more on Perseverance's self-driving capabilities. That means instead of the rover drivers choosing exactly where to turn and what rocks to avoid, we're letting Perseverance choose on its own. We give it specific stops along the route, but it chooses how to get there and we trust it to avoid the hazards along that path. The rover's self-driving ability is very similar to self-driving cars on Earth, but there are different challenges. Perseverance needs to look at rocks, sand, and other types of hazards like craters and large things like cliffs, and it needs to avoid these to keep itself safe. As the rover drives this path, it's using this map to identify which paths are safe to drive. Perseverance's self-driving software is a big improvement over previous rovers, which also had self-driving capabilities. Perseverance is able to process and analyze images while the wheels are still in motion. Previous rovers, like Curiosity, needed to stop, then take images, and then process those images before choosing a safe path. Perseverance is able to do all of this while driving. We call this a thinking while driving capability. The Perseverance rover has already broken all of the driving records from previous rovers. This means we're able to drive farther every day than the previous rovers ever were able to. The Perseverance rover has a top speed of 0.1 miles per hour. Now, that doesn't sound very fast, but that does enable us to drive over 300 yards every day and keep the rover safe. Perseverance's self-driving ability is very important to this mission. It allows us to get to the Jezero River Delta as fast as possible, and that gives the science team as much time there to study the rocks and collect samples for future return to Earth. And in that report from NASA TV, we heard from JPL Perseverance rover driver Tyler Del Sisto. This is Space Time. Still to come, more space tourists arrive at the International Space Station and flying to the edge of space in a balloon. All that and more still to come on Space Time. Okay, let's take a break from our show for a word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Surveys tell us that one of the big worries around the globe these days is internet security on our devices. And it just so happens that NordVPN are the experts in addressing this problem. NordVPN is the world's leading provider of virtual private network services with over 5 million satisfied customers. They offer high-level encryption and a strict no-logs policy to ensure your data is totally safe and private. And you can use NordVPN on all your devices, your computer, your laptop, your smartphone, your tablets, even things like your smart TV and your router. And Nord Secure servers are available in more than 60 countries worldwide, so you can connect to the internet wherever you go without needing to worry about your privacy or safety. So, if you'd like to take advantage of NordVPN to help keep you and your family safe online, why not take advantage of our special offer? You can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to our special website. That's nordvpn.com slash stewardgary and use the code stewardgary to get a huge discount with your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free and a free gift. 
And of course, it's all completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So, what do you got to lose? Once again, that URL is nordvpn.com slash stewardgary and use the code stewardgary to get a huge discount off your plan plus an additional month for free and a free gift. And it all comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And of course, you'll be helping to support our show. So, why not grab this deal today? And of course, I'll include the URL details in the show notes and on our website. And now, it's back to our show. This is Space Time with Stuart Gary. Space tourists have flown to the International Space Station numerous times before. But SpaceX's Axiom AX-1 mission is different because it's the first without any space agency officials accompanying the four private astronauts. The 10-day journey aboard the Dragon spacecraft Endeavour was launched from Pad 39A at the Kennedy Space Center aboard a Falcon 9 rocket. The mission had been delayed several days to allow NASA to undertake testing of its new space launch system Artemis 1 moon rocket on the adjacent Pad 39B. However, problems with Pad 39B's ventilation system and propellant valves saw the Artemis test scrubbed paving the way for the Falcon 9 to fly. Crew access arm has retracted from the Dragon spacecraft. Next up, we've got launch escape system arming. We'll begin loading propellant onto the Falcon 9. Dragon SpaceX, launch escape system is verified armed. Copy SpaceX. Dragon SpaceX, confirm crew displays are configured for launch. SpaceX and never we confirm they're configured. Copy MLA, and on behalf of the entire SpaceX team, we're honored to have you aboard Endeavour for its third flight to the International Space Station. Axiom 1 marks a new step in commercial space flight and research. We wish you a great mission, good luck, Godspeed, and enjoy the ride. Thanks for those words, Arthur. I've got a few of my own. I'm going to let my crewmate Aton say it first, though. Shalom. כמה ימים לפני שאנחנו מציינים את המסע הגדול שלנו לחירות. And a few minutes before launching on this journey, I wish to share with you the words of the Greek poet Constantine Kavafi that well described the perspective of, of our marvelous crew. Keep Ithaca always in your mind. Arriving there is what you are destined for. But do not hurry the journey at all. Better if it lasts for years. So you are old by the time you reach the island, wealthy with all you have gained on the way, not expecting Ithaca to make you rich. Ithaca gave you this marvelous journey. Thank you, Aitan. Some heartfelt words there. Stage one, engine chill has started. All right, so there was the call that we have begun to chill the engines, the first stage. So what we're doing right now is flowing a little bit of the super chilled liquid oxygen through the turbo pumps on those M1D engines. There's nine of them at the base of the first stage, and that's essentially bringing them down to the temperature of that super chilled liquid oxygen to prevent any thermal shock to the hardware. Just before that call, some really heartfelt words from yeah. Commander MLA uh, and Mission Specialist Aton Stiba. Really love hearing that commentary. Stage one, RP load is complete. At this point in time, fuel is fully loaded on both the first and second stage. Locks loading continues uh, on both stages. Dragon is in configure. 
for a terminal count. Falcon 9 tanks are pressing for strong back retract. This structure is what we basically use to transport the fully integrated vehicle from the hangar to the launch pad. RP-1 fuel is fully loaded on first and second stage. It should be wrapping up LOX load on uh, the first stage momentarily and continuing to fill on second stage. Dragon is the in terminal count and is on internal power. All right, at this point in time, that LOX load on first stage is complete. So the first stage is now fully loaded with all of its propellant. LOX load on second stage continues. For stage two, LOX load is complete. All right, so there's that call. At this point in time, Falcon 9 Dragon is, is in auto idle. Dragon is fully loaded with all of its propellants, nearly one million pounds. All the flight computers take over. FTS is armed, Falcon 9 is in startup, and now controlling. Dragon is in countdown. Dragon, SpaceX, go for launch. SpaceX Endeavor, we acknowledge, go for launch. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Ignition, stop. Go Falcon, go Dragon, Godspeed, Axiom 1. Together, a new chapter begins. Godspeed AX-1. Stage one propulsion is nominal. T plus 38 seconds into this historic mission, flying crew on board Dragon and Falcon 9. All right, telemetry nominal. Stage one throttle down. Throttling down in the preparation for max dynamic pressure. Falcon 9 is supersonic, XQ. Stage one throttle up. Merlin 1D engines coming Stage back up to power. Copy, one Bravo. The crew calling out one Bravo should a escape situation arise and tells the Dragon flight computer what profile to fly using the Super Draco engines. But everything is looking good on Falcon 9. We're getting nominal call-outs from all the engineers. Invec chill underway. Beginning to chill in the second stage turbo pump in preparation for its ignition coming up in just over half a minute from now. Coming up on about three and a half G's acceleration for the crew. We'll begin throttling down the Merlin engines to hold that level of acceleration. Next event coming up, we're gonna get main engine cutoff stage of the main engines. Down. Get stage separation and ignition of the second stage engine. You've heard the throttle down call out. We're holding Pulling three and a half G's for the crew. And Miko. H separation. Successful stage separation ignition of the second stage engine. The titanium grid fins beginning to slowly deploy. The first stage now begins a slow flip maneuver. The white uh, nitrogen gas plumes as we reorient for an entry back through the Earth's atmosphere a little bit later in the plus count. Second stage, the engine nozzle glowing red. Everything continuing to look good on the second stage. We should be hearing call outs coming up to the crew here shortly on how the trajectory is looking. What we like to hear. Acquisition of signal, Bermuda. AOS Bermuda, acquisition of signal. Bermuda tracking station now getting telemetry from the second stage of the Falcon 9 with the Dragon on top. T plus four minutes, 10 seconds. Everything continues to be nominal. First stage coasting to Apogee, and then it will come back down for landing on the drone ship. Second stage partway through its lengthy burn to get the crew into orbit. V6, trajectory nominal. All right, good call out there that trajectory is nominal. Uh, the first stage making its way back down to Earth. It's targeting a landing on our drone ship, a shortfall of Gravitas, which is parked a couple hundred miles off the coast of Florida out in the Atlantic Ocean. Second stage, everything continues to be nominal there as the MVAC engine is powering the second stage to its targeted drop-off orbit. 
All right, so coming up in about a minute and a half, the first stage will execute the first of two burns required for today's landing attempt. At about T plus seven minutes and 30 seconds, we'll see the entry burn begin. That's where the first stage will ignite the center engine first, and then a couple seconds later, ignite two more engines, so a total of three engine burn, which will last about 29 seconds. The entry burn slows the vehicle down significantly as it re-enters back into the Earth's atmosphere. The first stage sees high drag, which scrubs roughly 70% of that velocity by the time that the landing burn begins. Drag the nitrogen gas thrusters used for uh, attitude control systems. We also utilize those grid fins. There are four of them placed around the booster, and those grid fins also help steer for a precise landing. Either at Stage one, entry burn startup. Stage two, flight All right, that entry burn has begun. We are targeting a landing on our drone ship, a shortfall of Gravitas today. Everything continuing to look nominal with trajectory and MVAC performance there for our second stage. So we are conducting the entry burn. Previously, the booster stage was... Stage one, entry burn shut down. That entry burn helps slow the booster down. It was going about 25 times the speed of sound, so we slow it down as it re-enters the dense part of the Earth's atmosphere. The next event is second engine cutoff, or SECO-1. That's where we shut down the MBAC engine, or second Thanks, engine cutoff. Shannon. Copy, Shannon. Stage one, transonic. Note that our landing burn and second engine cutoff uh, will occur about the same Impact time. Shut down. Stage one, landing burn. Landing burn has begun for the first day. Drag first stage. Six, nominal orbit insertion. All right, great news there. Dragon Endeavor, nominal orbit insertion. SpaceX Endeavor, we copied, and it's great to be here. Zero G, and we feel fine. Stage one, landing leg deploy. SpaceX Dragon, launch skip system disarm. This Falcon 9 has landed for the fifth time. All the while, great commentary Stage there. Confirmed. While we can confirm the landing. Confirmed landing there of the first stage booster. Also, almost simultaneously, great news uh, for the second stage. We heard that there was nominal orbit insertion for Crew Dragon Endeavour. A day after the launch, Endeavour docked autonomously with the space-facing port of the International Space Station's Harmony module. The space station's currently home to seven Expedition 67 crew members, three American NASA astronauts, a European Space Agency German astronaut, and three Russian Federal Space Agency cosmonauts. The four Axiom passengers included an ex-NASA astronaut acting as a chaperone and three very wealthy space tourists, each of whom paid over $55 million for their adventure. The AX-1 mission is being closely watched by the space industry around the world, as it's the first play in a plan by Axiom to eventually build what will be the world's first private space station. And that will be no small mission. Remember, it took well over a dozen nations more than 10 years and 30 launches to build the 420-ton International Space Station. Axiom plans to construct their space station by first flying up modules and attaching them, module by module, to the existing International Space Station. The first will be the Axiom Hub 1 habitation module, which is slated to launch in 2024. Additional modules will be built and added to the International Space Station as more and more funding becomes available. Eventually, once it's self-sufficient, the Axiom Space Station modules will be detached from the International Space Station and move out into their own orbit. At least that's the plan. We'll keep you informed as to what happens. Meanwhile, another new company is entering the space tourism business. Well, sort of. 
Space Prospects plan to fly luxury gondolas under giant high-altitude balloons reaching heights of 30 kilometres or more than 98,000 feet. Now that's well below the 100 kilometre or 328,000 feet needed to reach the official start of space. But it is enough to see the curvature of the Earth and experience the blackness of space while flying in broad daylight. And you'll get lots of time to enjoy. The journey is expected to last around six hours. There's the gentle launch, followed by a serene climb at around 19 kilometres per hour, which will take about two hours to reach maximum altitude. You'll then be floating around for another two hours at around 98,000 feet, and all this will be in a luxury lounge, complete with a drinks bar and Wi-Fi connectivity. And then there's the final two-hour journey, gently floating back down to an ocean splashdown. Now, by comparison, Blue Origin's 10-minute flight does reach the 100-kilometre-high Kármán line, which marks the official start of space. And Virgin Galactic's half-hour flight makes it to around 80 kilometres. Now, originally, Blue Origin and Virgin were both quoting figures of around a quarter of a million dollars for a seat. But more recently, Virgin's been asking its passengers for $450,000 for a ticket. And don't forget, if you do have a spare $55 million, SpaceX will fly you into a 400-kilometre-high orbit aboard a Dragon capsule, and you too can enjoy a 10-day stay aboard the International Space Station. Space Perspective plans on launching at least 25 gondola flights a year from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida starting in late 2024. And they claim to have already sold more than 600 tickets. But while nowhere near as expensive as Virgin, Blue Origin or SpaceX, the tickets will still be around $125,000 per seat. But the good news is there's no special training or fitness levels needed. This is Space Time. Still to come the launch of a new Russian spy satellite. And later in the science report, a new study finds that people who listen to podcasts really are more open-minded and intellectually inquisitive than non-listeners. All that and more still to come on Space Time. A Russian Soyuz rocket carrying a new spy satellite has blasted into orbit from the Plesetsk Cosmodrome 800 kilometres north of Moscow. The Soyuz 21B transported the Kremlin's Lotus S1 No. 5 electronic signals intelligence gathering satellite into a 900 kilometre high orbit. The new reconnaissance and surveillance spacecraft will intercept and monitor the communications and radar systems of other nations, including Ukraine. The Lotus S1 No. 5 joins a constellation of five other Lotus satellites, the first of which began replacing the earlier Elnet spy satellites in 2009. This is Space Time. Time now to take another brief look at some of the other stories making news in science this week with the Science Report. A new study has shown that people getting a fourth Pfizer shot wound up having triple protection from severe COVID-19. 
The findings, reported in the New England Journal of Medicine, are based on a study of 1.2 million Israelis aged 60 and over who began receiving a fourth Pfizer vaccine dose from early 2022. They've wound up with a three and a half times lower rate of severe COVID-19 illness in the fourth week afterwards compared to those who were just triple dosed. A fourth vaccine also held up against becoming infected in the same time frame, with confirmed infection twice as low compared with three doses. Protection against serious illness from a fourth dose didn't wane within six weeks. However, its defences against infection did decline during this time span. Over 6.2 million people have now been killed by the COVID-19 coronavirus since it first escaped from Wuhan, China. The World Health Organization says the true death toll is likely to be at least double that amount, with more than half a billion confirmed cases globally. Meanwhile, a study reported in the Lancet Medical Journal claims the most accurate modelling suggests as many as 18.2 million people could have been killed by the virus since it first appeared in China back in September 2019. The latest intergovernmental panel on climate change report warns that the window to avert the most destructive and irreversible effects of global warming is rapidly closing. It's the last of three IPCC studies assessing the scientific basis of climate change, how bad the problem is, and what needs to be done to fix it. The report says governments are being held back by the fossil fuel industry's lobbying as greenhouse gas emissions continue to rise. The release of the study comes as new findings by the Australian Academy of Health and Medical Sciences shows that climate change is an immediate threat to public health. The independent body comprising the nation's top health and medical researchers found that climate change is an urgent health priority. A new study claims that people who listen to podcasts are on average more open-minded, intellectually curious and non-neurotic than non-listeners. And we at Spacetime couldn't agree more. But seriously, the study reported in the journal PLOS One asked over 300 participants questions on their podcast listening habits and then compared them to their personality traits and reasons for listening. Scientists found that contrary to predictions, people didn't tune into podcasts to feel more autonomous, more competent, more related, more meaningful or for mindfulness reasons. Nor was it due to a smartphone addiction they were simply more interested in stuff. Interestingly, people with a higher need to belong were actually less likely to be listening to podcasts. But among those who listen to podcasts, the one-sided relationships and social engagements of tuning in were related to more positive outcomes for the listeners. And we'll take this opportunity to thank you for listening as well. A new study has shown there's been an increase in ghost and UFO sightings since the COVID-19 pandemic originated. Tim Mendham from Australian Skeptics says being home in lockdown and hearing strange sounds that you might not have noticed before, not to mention the stress of the pandemic itself, could well be the cause. According to ghost hunters and people like that, they said they have had a lot more people coming to them seeking help in uh, investigating or getting rid of or exercising or whatever you want to sort of, uh, the way they want to treat it. They quote some numbers and they've had big increases in people coming to them. And there are various reasons. Even, even the ghost hunters admit there's probably a lot of uh, non-ghosty sorts of reasons why people might be sort of thinking they're haunted, etc. One is that during pandemics, of course, you're, there's a number of issues that's stressful. It brings home the concept of uh, imminent death. 
or you know, potential death to a lot of people, and you're spending a lot of time at home looking around at the walls and hearing the, the noises that are, that are normal homes. Houses creak, yeah. Houses creak, then they settle, and they all sorts of things, and they hear noises outside, but they might not be there normally to hear noises outside, and uh, their mind turns because to... Because it's quieter on the streets, so you're hearing these things more often. Yeah. The yeah. normal background traffic noise isn't there. Plus, one or two people may have had a tipple or two that they normally wouldn't. Yes. Yeah, there's all sorts of things actually being suggested as you know, reasons why it might be happening. And to their credit, a lot of the paranormal investigators, at least the ghost hunters, who are a fun bunch of people by and large, they are suggesting that, yeah, it might not be um, paranormality. They're suggesting that there's actually a lot of increase in hoaxing. In fact, increasing hoaxing as, oh, as a form of abuse. Not just mischievous, it could be a form of abuse, of scaring people. You know, If you're sitting at home and you've got the stress and all sorts of things that come with the pandemics, that it's not surprising that people are more prone to sort of reporting scary things. They're also reporting UFOs. Now, they're not in the home, but the people have more time to stare at the sky and see things they don't recognise because they're not normally looking at the sky very much. So therefore, there's an increase in UFO sightings as well. It's an interesting phenomenon in its own right, actually, that the stress and the change of circumstances of lockdowns and pandemics and that sort of thing can have on belief in other areas. I don't know if there's an increase in church attendance, for instance. Oh, right. But that's not allowed to go to church in a lockdown, so that might be a reason there. But well, what, um, what wasn't church attendance? banned for a while there because of the risk of infection? Yeah, yeah, risk of infection and, and because of some of the churches thought they were totally immune. They were safe because God was on their side. And there's a lot of churches, especially in the US, a lot of churches have been uh, promoting their sort of divine immunity, you might call it. That's Tim Mendham from Australian Skeptics. That's the show for now. Space Time is available every Monday, Wednesday and Friday through Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Acast, Amazon Music, Bytes.com, SoundCloud, YouTube, your favourite podcast download provider and from SpacetimeWithStuartGary.com. Space Time's also broadcast through the National Science Foundation on Science Zone Radio and on both iHeartRadio and TuneIn Radio. And you can help to support our show by visiting the Spacetime store for a range of promotional merchandising goodies. Or by becoming a Spacetime patron, which gives you access to triple episode commercial free versions of the show, as well as lots of bonus audio content which doesn't go to air, access to our exclusive Facebook group and other rewards. Just go to spacetimewithstuartgary.com for full details. And if you want more space time, please check out our blog where you'll find all the stuff we couldn't fit in the show, as well as heaps of images, news stories, loads of videos, and things on the web I find interesting or amusing. Just go to spacetimewithstuartgary.tumblr.com. That's all one word, and that's Tumblr without the E. You can also follow us through at StuartGary on Twitter, at SpacetimewithStuartGary on Instagram, through our Spacetime YouTube channel. And on Facebook, just go to facebook.com forward slash Spacetime with Stuart Gary. And Spacetime is brought to you in collaboration with Australian Sky and Telescope magazine, your window on the universe. You've been listening to Spacetime with Stuart Gary. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. 